Hello, everyone. My name is Ahmed Graves Eel, and welcome to SNJ Today's podcast, South Jersey Stories, where we get beneath the surface of the news stories and topics we're still talking about. With me is Dara Sakura, who has been the proprietor of Otis B. Jewelry for more than a decade. Dara is here to discuss the company's origins, the trials and tribulations her and her employees have gone through to make the business successful, how they became a global organization, what it's like to be full-time workers plus full-time mothers, and more. Thank you, Dara, for coming here today to talk to SNJ Today about your business. First of all, what's the name of your business? Otis B. Jewelry. That's a cool name. How did you come up with the name? Oh, man. It's a really long story. It's actually not a long story. It's just kind of silly. Um, <laughs> we like silly. <laughs> I, uh, I, that is actually a nickname that was given to my mother. See, we're back to... The, my mom, her name is Lois Elizabeth. And when mm. she was a little girl, she couldn't pronounce her name. So she called herself Otis Bezbez. And it was a nickname that stuck with her for years, even to this day. And so I just thought it would be really cute since she kind of pushed me into getting into this whole thing that right. I would sort of, you know, give a little nod to her and name my business sort of after her, sort of kind of. <laughs> it's, a, it's a name I knew nobody else would want to take. <laughs> so did, did your mom accept the acknowledgement? Yes. Was she happy she was when she very, found out you named yeah, it? Yeah, she thought that was her. very sweet. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I'm sure that has gotten me out of a lot of trouble <laughs> many times with her. <laughs> okay. Uh, where did you start your business? I started my business. Um, well, I started it as a hobby in the basement of my childhood home. The basement? The basement. The dark, dark basement. Yes. It was just a hobby. Um, very simple. Uh, I would just go downstairs, create, unwind, relax, you know. But like anything else, in order to sustain a hobby, you need to pay for it somehow. So I need to start selling them. So I started selling in just little area boutiques at first. So you were selling jewelry items that you made up or little mm-hmm. knickknacks? Yeah. Yeah, the jewelry that I was making, I would just sell. And they were all one of a kind, just one, you know, one-off pieces. And I would take them on consignment to different shops and they would sell them. Was this was it a surprise that people were purchasing your product? It was, because I liked them. I knew that, you know, I thought I was making things that were pretty cool. But it, you know what's really funny, if I can tell you this story. Oh, really yes, quick. you may. One of the first things that I ever sold... Um, I actually was at a barbecue, like um, back in my hometown, they have this annual barbecue thing. And I was standing in line to get food and I was behind this woman and I saw the clasp on her necklace. I'm like, man, that looks like something I made. And she turned around and it was one of the first things I ever sold, ever. Wow. And this was 10 years later. And I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, um, can, can I ask you, did you get that at, you know, thus and such a, a shop? And she said, I didn't. She said, but my mother got it for me for my birthday years ago. And I'm, she said, it's one of my favorite necklaces. I like, I made that. That's cool. <laughs> so that was really neat. And that has happened now a couple of times where I've just run into somebody wearing a piece of my jewelry, which is really cool now. Um. Yeah, you must have been ecstatic when you uh, saw that. I was. And knew it was yours. Yeah, I was. That was a good feeling, definitely. Cool. Yeah, very gratifying. So at Otis B. Jewelry, you create bracelets, anklets, necklaces, and more. Mm-hmm. First, can you tell us what other products do you make? 
Uh, we do a lot of bridal jewelry. We outfit entire bridal parties, weddings, um, anybody for, you know, uh, jewelry, necklaces, earrings, whatever. Uh, we do a lot of corporate work as well. We'll get a lot of orders for sororities or um, organizations that want, you know, we're, we're working on an order now for 40 necklaces for, you know, a memorial organization. Um, we just did a... Uh, 120 pieces for another organization at a military base. Um, so we, you know, what we do, we do little one-off pieces for everyday customers, and mm -hmm. we'll do larger corporate orders as well. So it's that's cool. That's cool. Um, I would assume that creating those items, the products and the jewelry that you make, is a meticulous and painstaking process. It can be tedious. I think the stamping, which is what I do a lot of a lot of the uh the hand engraving is is very tedious the yeah. hand engraving is called stamping yeah the hand stamping yeah okay. all of that stuff can get very tedious well how do you garner the patience to construct all those items man <laughs> patience is not something i would say i have um it's just i've had to learn a lot of patience for sure and this business has definitely taught me a lot of patience um but it, it's, if I want it done, it's gotta be done right. I just have to take my time with things. And sometimes I will screw up and sometimes I have to redo uh, the same piece three times, but it's not gonna go out until it's perfect. So hmm. patient or not, it's gotta be right. So I just gotta sit there and try again. Sometimes I do have to step away from an order. I'll try it, you know, I'll, I'll whack at it for a couple minutes and it's not working out. I'll be like, you know what? me move on I'll go back to this one later and then work from there but yeah, patience I've had to learn that for sure being a business owner you need a lot of patience patience equals wisdom mm, does it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I read that in the book <laughs> so um, how many items uh, and jewelry items on average do you think you create daily On average. On average, I would say between 20 and 30 pieces a day. Yeah, around there. And that's typical. When it's busier, like around, right around Mother's Day, weddings, graduations, which is the time we're coming into now. Um, and also Christmas time, definitely be, you know, 60, 70 pieces. See, it, it sounds like a lot because I, I saw some of the pictures online and it is a lot. Like trust necklaces, me. <laughs> I, I trust you. <laughs> it's a lot. I try to keep each piece. Here's a, a little a little um, trick in my design process. When I'm creating a new item, I try and keep the creation of this item to not exceed six minutes. Wow. So I want to be able to stamp it. If it requires stamping, I want to be able to stamp it out, assemble it be done with the order within three to six minutes. So you've got it down to a science? Um, I For can, the most part. I can sit here and nod and say, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nobody would see Nothing it. is perfect and nobody's going to see any difference. So yes, I do. <laughs> I have it down to a science. No, I, it's, it's, some, it's a little rule, personal rule that I stick by. Okay. Just to keep things streamlined and, and not get too crazy. Things that do take longer, I'll probably only sell one or maybe two of them. And then that's, that's it. 
Okay. Uh, do you consider what you do jewelry making an art? And if so, why? I do consider it an art um, because there is a great deal of thought and creativity and a, a, a good deal of myself that goes into everything. You know, every piece that I offer, I've either sat down myself or with Johanna, who's my business partner, um, and we discuss, you know, the relevancy of the item to whatever is going on in, in the world or you know, holiday or seasonal or whatever. And we discuss um, the meaning that it could possibly have because a lot of our items also come on the these message cards that we also design and print. And we like to make sure that our pieces are not just pretty Mm-hmm. And not just artistic in that way, but uh, also meaningful and special and inspiring. And we want people to open that box and not just say, hey, that's a really cool necklace somebody made, but be like, oh my gosh, that is the sweetest. And I'm going to wear this every day because this means, you know, whatever to me. So it is an art. I do definitely feel like it is an art. So you put in your heart and soul into everything you make. Everything I make. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's cool. So uh, who work, Who else works with you? Uh, right now it is Johanna and I in the office. And then we have, um, we have Andrea who works for us. Uh, she is based on the other side of the country. She runs customer service for us. And um, she takes care of all the pre-order questions and post-order any issues, customer, you know, issues or whatever There's That's what she does. So she doesn't need to be with us in the office to do that. But yeah, mostly it's just Johanna and I. Okay. Are you both mothers? We are. Yeah, we are. We. She has her daughter in the office right, right. now. <laughs> and I usually have to bring my kids too if I'm really overworked and busy and you know, I need more time. I bring them to the office and we've entertained them there. Or they entertain themselves to some degree. <laughs> well, see, so that makes me wonder, how do you juggle the numerous responsibilities you have being a mother, an owner, and employee of Otis B. Jewelry, along with all the other duties that you have that we might not even know about? Mm-hmm, how right. do you do it? Uh yeah, I don't. I it, it, it that's something I definitely don't have down to a science at all. I think every day I'm still trying to make everything work perfectly. Um, but you know, the fact that I can, the fact that my girls know what I do, they they understand what I do. They understand how demanding being a business owner is. They see that you know that my job can be very demanding. So they are accepting of that. So if I tell them, you know, after school, when I pick them up, I, I say, we got to go back to the office. They're fine with that, mostly. And they'll come and they'll sit and they'll do their homework while I finish up what I need to do. Um, it's a lot of late hours. There's a lot of late nights. There's, um, it's a lot of work while I'm, I mean, I'm constantly working. My phone, I, is constantly in my hand because I'm always answering questions or creating ads for social media or editing pictures on my phone. I mean, I'll be in the checkout line at ShopRite working from my phone. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's constant. So juggling, I'm not sure if I'm really great at juggling or really awful at it. (laughs) I'm not sure which it is (laughs) because I'm constantly, I'm constantly working, but yeah, I, I do make sure to, 
to spend as much time with my kids as possible and let them know that they're the most important thing to me. But yeah, they also know that I'm always working. <laughs> they let me, so that's good. It's, an, it's a mutual understanding. So your, your children respect what you do? They absolutely do. They actually think it's pretty cool. They always, they're very proud to tell people what I, what I do and to show people, you know, things that I've made that they're wearing or, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of parents, a lot of children don't like talking about their parents. <laughs> <laughs> now, the girls, my, I have three little girls and they're all very proud of, of this company and, and what I do. And that makes me happy. I hope that they they see what I do, and I hope that they're empowered to do their own thing one day, if that's what they so choose. Or, hey, maybe they can work for me one day. <laughs> I, could, I, could use, I could use a couple extra hands in the office. <laughs> that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, upon some research... Your business appears to be extremely successful. And when I say extremely, I mean extremely successful. Um, I was also in your office and I saw a giant map that showed a multitude of countries where people have ordered your products. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us some of those countries where you send your products to? Uh, I, the list of where we haven't shipped to is probably shorter. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've really, we've sent products all over the world. It's been 10 years of selling online. I don't think there's one country that I have not shipped to. I really don't. There's, it's, it's, it's been incredible. But yeah, we'll get the smallest, I think the smallest uh, little place that we ever sent something to is a tiny island, um, tiny French island called Reunion off the coast of Madagascar. Hmm. <laughs> it's a very tiny little island and I remember the day that I got that order I looked at it I'm looking at the address I'm like I have to look that up I have never once heard of this place and as this has happened a bunch of times where you know it's just it's like wow neat I would love to visit there but hey this is the next best thing send, at least your jewelry send is something there. that I have made myself <laughs> to this place so that's pretty cool what other countries like um, yesterday, we shipped one out to Saudi Arabia. Uh, let me see. We have gone to, my gosh, Qatar. Yeah. I think everywhere maybe except for the Bahamas. Bahamas has a huge import tax, so. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So they don't go to home. <laughs> That's one country uh, you may not be visiting. No, uh, but yeah, yeah. Most most countries we've shipped everywhere. Um. So, how did your business that started out out of your home become not only internationally known but well received? Uh, I largely due to Etsy and their presence online. I mean, that became such a huge movement, that whole handmade movement that they started when they went live with that website uh, back in, I think it was 2007. And I came on the scene in 2008. And that was just when they were starting. That was just when I was starting. It just happened to be the perfect time, I think. You know, just um, everything kind of culminated beautifully and the stars were aligned yes exactly yeah exactly and uh so i it because i wasn't planning on any of this a lot of it has been trial and error mm -hmm. okay so you see the success of it 
but you got to understand there has been so many mistakes made and so many errors, so many things that I wish I could redo, but you know, what you can do. What, what's like the, the biggest mistake that you feel that you've done hmm. and you've had to overcome it as well. So, um, one of the largest one of the biggest mistakes I would say that I've done and in, in, that I've made in business is um, at one point we hired, we overhired, we overstaffed mm. for sure. Because I think we, we had this idea that um, Johanna and I, that we would have more time to create and um, develop new product if we had all these other ones kind of pumping out the orders and, and taking care of all the back end stuff and the social media and things like that. But once you make the decision to put uh, your business in the hands of someone else, you know, you have to understand that nobody is going to um, care about your business the same way that you do. Right. Nobody's going to attend to it the same way that you would. Nobody's, it's, it's not gonna happen. You know, they didn't create these things. You did. They didn't build this. You did. So don't, eh. my advice to somebody else, I think, with a small business is don't be tempted to put your story in the hands of someone else to tell it. You know, don't ever entrust that to someone else because they're, they're going to drop the ball. <laughs> that's really deep. That, and that's some sound advice as well. I, hey, look, trial and error. I never went to college. I graduated high school and immediately entered the workforce. Um, so I'm sure I could have benefited from a lot of business and marketing courses, but this whole past 10 years has been just the same as if I had gone to college for business and marketing. Hmm. Now, because of your success, would you consider yourself a role model for young women or women in general? Um, to a degree, I would I would say sure, maybe. Um, I don't I don't really like to say that. I I don't really like to say yes to that. Um, I think that there are a lot of things that I have been through personally and professionally that my children and other women who are close to me or know me at all could learn from. Definitely, um, I have other friends who are entrepreneurs themselves who have learned from successes and failures of right. my own, which is great. And I, I do love that. I think that's, that's awesome. I love that I have this story to tell and it's, it's, it's important um, for any woman, I think, to realize that you can build something from nothing. You can take a talent that you have and use it to your advantage. You make something lucrative out of it. You can do that. It just takes a lot of ambition and it takes a lot of oh persistence. And um, moxie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's the hardest thing in the world sometimes to keep going when you just feel like giving up. It really is. But that's that's what owning a small business is much of the time, is continuing when you feel like is is this even worth it? But it always is. It definitely always is. That's funny. I was going to ask you that, too. Like, how many times did you think about giving up? Just today? <laughs> <laughs> Just in the last five minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wanted to walk out of this interview like five minutes ago. <laughs> Luckily, we, we kept the doors locked just in case. Except that one no, over there, but the you bee. can't see it. It was when I saw the bee. I was like, no, <laughs> this is done. We're done here. It was just here to bring us honey, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was a honey bee. <laughs> but okay, we'll see. <laughs> no, look, it, it's it's a lot. There's been a lot of times that I have felt like, you know, should I just get, you know, a nine to five? Should I just <laughs> tap out of this now? This is very stressful. It can be very stressful. Um, but I, I can't. This has to work. This has been my bread and butter for the past 10 years. It has to work. So I continue on and it's working. So I'm not going to stop. Congratulations. We're, we're proud of you. We're oh, proud thank of you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think the first person to ever say that they were proud of me was my accountant. Your accountant? <laughs> that, was the, that was the first person to ever say, girl, I am proud of you. And I said, thanks. <laughs> as long as it came from somebody. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any advice for mothers who may not want to get into the workforce for fear of not being able to handle all the responsibilities that come with working and taking care of a family? Yeah, the only advice that I would ever say to that is if it's got to be done, you just got to find a way to do it. And there's always a way to do it. You can do it. It's a, in life, with every situation, there are always workarounds. You just got to find, you got to find the workaround. There's always a way to make it happen. And if you can do something from your home, you know, start there. Even if it's something small and seemingly insignificant, but you can grow that. You know, and take things a day at a time, a little bit at a time, and make it into whatever you want it to be. But you gotta make it work. If it comes, I mean, when push comes to shove, you gotta make it work, right? Right. What else are you gonna do? Well, you're definitely a testament of having something small grow into something international. <laughs> yeah, well, like I told you, Johanna, who couldn't be with us today. Who should be here with <laughs> who us should today. should definitely be here with us today. But uh, shortly, about a year after I started, um, I asked her, it, we were coming into Mother's Day season, and I, I took her out to dinner, and I was... I said, hey, would you mind maybe working for me for the next month or so? Because I really can't handle this all by myself. And she was like, yeah, sure, why not? And we celebrated, you know, a little part-time job for Joe, yeah. And, <laughs> and then she she has not stopped working for me for almost 10 years now. Oh, man. That must mean you're a great boss as well. Oh, man. I, you know, we get, it works that we get along really, really well. I know I'm not perfect. I am not perfect, no way. But we get along very well. We work well together. We were discussing the other day, um, the things that she worries about are things completely opposite of the things that I worry about, which works beautifully. Right. You know, you need that person that is worrying about those things that you don't give much thought to or that you should be giving more thought to. Because if it weren't for her, man, I, I wouldn't be able to do this for sure. Well, we have to give props to Johanna. I know, right? So going back to Mother's Day, 
Do you have any special Mother's Day jewelry items that you're working on? Uh, yeah, you know what? We just started getting into, uh, we just started selling rose gold, which is huge, very popular. And people have been asking me for rose gold items for a really long time. And the price of rose gold is higher than the price of all my other components, all the other hardware, you know, the regular yellow and, and sterling silver. Uh, so I put it off and put it off and put it off. And finally, I got into it started selling these rose gold items and now for mother's day especially coming up all of our you know mother's day pieces the the mother's necklaces and um family tree items that we sell that are usually very popular even more so now because of this beautiful pink gold that everybody loves (laughs) so it matches their phones (laughs) it matches everything so yeah that's been good that's been successful for the past week since I've been selling it. <laughs> well, it just it just goes along with Otis B. Jewelry being successful I, itself. Well, I hope so. I hope it continues. I hope so, too. Thank you, Dara, for spending your time with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was great. Where can we find your products? Okay, so we actually have a few different uh places online that you can find our products. We There, of course, is the Etsy website, which is otisbjewelrygifts.etsy.com. Or you can find us, uh, our standalone website, which is otisbjewelry.com, much easier to remember. And now we were just accepted into Amazon Handmade, which is, um, of course, you can find Amazon online as well. And you can search for Otis B there. Thanks, everyone, for listening to SNJ Today's podcast, South Jersey Stories. Find more local news at snjtoday.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. South Jersey Stories is hosted by Ahmed Graves-Eel and produced by Kevin Howard with music provided by Jeff Schwachter.